Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Maz, joined here with none other than Jordan. Yes, sir. And today we are doing Way of Kings, chapter 29 to 34. Mr. Jordan, what do you think of this section of The Way of Kings so far? Like, just this section, I guess. And then, I guess, so far as well. Well, we get to... We, we get a few hints about the storms. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit of info dump about Shalon and Yasna doing her thing. I want to get to that, but I don't want to give it away. But it, this chapter is very interesting because we get to see a little bit of the magic system, and we get to a little, we get to see a little bit what I put together of how the magic system, how they give it to you almost. It's like right. you attained it like the Master Sword in Zelda or something. Like I don't know. I, I just I think that way, but we'll see. So, um, I have a theory. And I actually texted Jordan this theory, I think, earlier this week. Um, but you know what? Let's go through this first, and then I'll bring the theory up, I think, closer to the end when all the details are kind of together. So, well, I guess it does, it's not even necessarily details that we uh, discover here, but it, it may be. Anyways. Oh, 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 is this about Zeth? Yes. Okay, 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 okay. okay. I had to find the passage. I had. To, I'm gonna have to quote you, if, if anything. <laughs> All right. So, chapter twenty nine. This is a Shalon chapter. She's talking to her brother via span read. And for those of you guys who remember last time, uh, we got introduced to the span read when Yasna and uh, Dalinar Dalinar talking yeah. to each other over span read. Which honestly, the span read kind of cool. It's like. It's, a, it's a cell phone. Telegram, literally. It's a cell phone. It's a magical yeah. cell phone. <laughs> magical text message. Sorry. Kind of. But the way that it works, it's more like Google Docs where you can see one guy typing. It's like, yeah. It's Google, like Google Docs. Google it is. It's like watching right? a stream. Watching You're just watching a stream yeah. of this person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Layman's terms. Yeah. So, anyways, Shalon's talking to her brother and... They tell her that their steward, Luesh, is dead. And some of their father's quote-unquote friends came to ask for their soul caster back. And now this just adds to, like, the intrigue of what is it exactly that their father was doing. Um, Which means that he was connected to the... He's connected to Zeth at some point because, I, obviously... I he was, yeah. Yeah, that, that whole group of people are connected and the dad was part of it. So, like, this is why Shalon's connected. Like, yeah. Oh, and I think there there was a rumor going around that, that he wanted to try and become high prince. I, I think the rumor is not entirely accurate. I think he didn't want to become high prince. He may have wanted a gun for the whole kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's why he went to, you know, he wanted to kill Gavilar. I just don't know how he thought that that was going to work, killing Gavilar alone, unless he wanted to kind of plunge the entire uh, kingdom into the doom and then kind yeah. of ascend to you know kingship that way. to the rank yeah um but anyways they draw a symbol and it's like three diamonds in a pattern that lewish had on his pendant and the friends also had tattooed on themselves so the servant was also part of this secret society all right um what if this secret society is connected to the red folks at the end of 
Oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, don't say it. At the end of uh the second trilogy. Yeah, what is it? An alloy of law, shadows of bands of mourning, right? Man, what if it's like yeah. all connected at the end there? Like uh, probably not, but hey. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Um I mean, okay, hold hang on. What if the three diamonds mean something? Right? What if the three diamonds, one represents Roshar, one represents Scadrio, and one represents, I don't know, Warbreaker? Warbreaker's planet? I forget what it's called. Well, then so, you have Lantras, too. Yeah, and that's... Oh, yeah, that does break it, doesn't it? All right, never mind. Moving on. Uh, <clears throat> Yasna has Shalon researching why the Prashendi killed her own father. Uh, so, and we kind of got this where Yasna, when, when she was talking to Dalinar, there was, like, some... In, uh, implications that like you know she's continuing her hunt and she's closing in on certain details um and shallan notes that dark uh, so uh, back up a little bit okay i this guy's name is gonna kill me taravangian the king yeah taravangian taravangian okay i was close um he comes in to eat with them and shallan notes that the dark eyes like him and the light eyes really don't and now, if we're going off of like the whole cast system, it seems like he's just a little bit more favorable to a downtrodden group of people in society. And I can respect mm-hmm. that. Um, and when they first presented him, they kind of presented him like almost like a bumbling idiot. Right. And I think he's still a bumbling idiot, albeit just a nice bumbling idiot. Um, and I think he's going to die because of that. Yeah, because, you know. The nice bumbling idiots usually get blasted. <laughs> uh, the only one that I know that survived was the Earth King of Bossing Say from uh, Avatar Last Airbender. Remember him? The, the Bossing the Earth Kingdom? Yeah. He was a him? bumbling idiot, but he was awesome. That's what I'm saying. He, and he didn't die, though. But you know, but he was he was like. He was like, he might have been insane, but like, he knew what was going on. He's like, oh, the earth, this is my crack. <laughs> it was weird. No, no, no. You're, no, no, no. You're thinking of Boomy. I was talk. I'm talking about, uh, uh, Boomy was a king of Amashu. I'm talking about the, uh, king of, uh, Bossing Se, the big, big city. Oh, yeah. oh okay, 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 okay. Yeah, you're right. But anyways, <laughs> back to where kings. We we really like Avatar: Last Airbender on the show. If you haven't picked up over the last several episodes, um, like the magic it's somehow we always bring it up. It's crazy. And, and surprisingly anyways, enough, I've watched it all, like thoroughly. What do you mean? Uh, why is that surprising? I don't know. Like, <laughs> out of all the things that I've watched thoroughly throughout my life, like Dragon Ball Z, like oh, that's that's a no, 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 that's a. But then I was like, no, I watched like Avatar like seven times. It's like. Oh yeah, no yeah. What? I've seen. I was like, yeah, Last passing Avenger a lot. Yes, yeah, yeah I've seen yeah. a lot, and it's not just watching in the background either. When I watch, like my rewatches, I will sit there and actually watch as if that was my first time watching. Uh, which, speaking of, I'm actually planning on showing my father-in-law. I don't know if I've brought that up before. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, um, he asks Yasna where she got her own soulcaster from. At which point, she refuses to answer him. Uh, so there is, like, you know, now there's a plot line for us, or, or like, a mystery, a question that we have right. there. Um, 
And he asks Shalon to draw him, and she's drawing off instincts, but ends up drawing two figures in the doorway. Black figures, black him. figures, black figures. Yes, black, two it. black figures. They're like shadows, essentially, right? The spirits what is, or something. Shadow what? Shadow what? Shadow what? Shadow what? Shadows of self. I don't know. No. No, no, no. Shadows Remember of too. <laughs> that too. No. Remember when Dalinar had that dream? Uh, when he was like fighting the, the past, yeah, fighting the Voidbringers or whatever, dude. Yeah, that's it. Those are it. They're there. Yep. You, that's it. You, you're thinking those shadows are the Voidbringers. That's it. Huh. That's it. But they don't. That's aren't it. Aren't Voidbringers huge? Well, the, the, is that wow? We only know so much about them. Okay. See. Okay. Yeah. And he does, uh, she does. What if they're there, but they're just not manifested yet because there's not a certain, maybe there's a certain. There's like not enough energy for them. Activation of some sort. Certain. Lack of stormlight in the world. Yes, maybe that. I don't know, because like. When he had the dream, remember that guy that came down with a runic plate? on the yeah, runic yeah, shard yeah. plate and yeah, he had that yeah. like so pretty much he was like I, I think he was surge binding with plate on remember it was explained that you can't do that yeah yeah that if you have shard plate on you're yeah. not able to so surge. like yeah. I don't know man like that just seems like there's a lot of things connected there that we don't know enough about but super cool to hopefully make that connection um I am not sold that that's Voidbringers, but I don't have a better answer, so the leading theory at the moment is yes. Voila. Uh, you win by default because no opponent stepped up to challenge you. Good. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, um, so anyways, she also draws weird symbols where the heads would be. So they're, they're headless as well. So they're... There's a lot yeah. here. Let's um, unpack. Yeah, I don't like. I, part of me, like, I feel like the, in since in the same chapter it was introduced that secret society, you know, the three diamond pattern and whatnot. Um, the weird symbols I doubt are the same, but I wonder if they're connected. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, if the secret society had the symbols that were based off the void ringers, and if let's just say your theory is correct and they are void ringers, then that symbol may have been like the original symbol. And then as over time, you know, the interpretation and, you know, lost over time, the natural evolution of that symbol became that three diamond pattern. Right. What do you think? Possible. I'll give it a 65%. 65%. All right. I'll take it. Um, so the king and Yasna, they have a debate about religion and mm-hmm. it turns out Yasna is an atheist is the right word. Or if like, she's just a deist, like she believes in God, just not an organized religion. I think she's a full blown atheist is what is was what I picked up personally. Um, I think she's too smart. So I think she understands that without an artist, there can't be art. The world is art because she's smart like that. Um, 
Okay. I think that she believes that there's a creator, but she hasn't found her answer to the assembly of how it was created. Okay, I could I can buy that, I think. Um so anyways, the king and Yasan debate about religion and you know, they continue that debate kind of back and forth and the king mm-hmm. is like he's kinda of like one of those like he believes but he doesn't really know why he believes kind of situation. Is that's all I got from it. Yeah. And uh, and at this point, Shalon feels guilty that she's going to end up n- stealing the soul caster from Yasna as she's like essentially really befriending She's always her. having those moral debates with herself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, I feel like that's going to be, that's going to, uh, that will end up happening. You know, if you're a good natured person in general and, you know, there's something that you have to do and you end up hurting somebody, you're going to have that inner turmoil. Right, absolutely. So, chapter 30, Kaladin, uh, he has gotten all of Bridge 4 in on the training. Like, all of them. Uh, there is no... Teften Rock. At this point. Def, yeah, Teften Rock being the first two, and then it went, you know, all cascaded from there. Mm-hmm. And I think, to be honest, we all kind of saw that coming. Um, Natural mm-hmm. born leader. Yeah, yeah. And we find out that Gaz is also bribing a man himself with a, by the name of Lamoureux. Mm-hmm. And Lamoral is a captain above Gaz, so Gaz reports to him. Uh, so this is there. You got this whole bribe chain going on here. That doesn't um, end well for anybody. Yeah, or yeah. Uh, so he's he himself is also interested in Kaladin. Um, and okay, and I don't know if I want to bring up my theory here, but Lamoral doesn't want suspicion from the other high princes. And this kind of caught me off guard. Like, why would there be suspicion from the other high princes? And if there is, why is that an issue? Suspicion about what? I uh, that's just what I understood from it. That Lamoral doesn't want suspicion from the other high princes in on Kaladin. I think. What's special and about Kaladin? I don't know, and I don't know if it's necessarily about Kaladin. Or they just don't want any suspicion drawn on the Prince Sadius's camp. Um, and that that'll bring up my later theory uh so just hold off on that and at this point gas considers kill killing uh kaladin but the problem with that is that that would cut off the income which he needs to pay off his own debts so he's kind of stuck and, in a vicious loop yeah and if he leaves him alive then that's just going to increase his suspicion from lamoral and whatnot so he, he's kind of stuck like you said um and kaladin prepares them for a bridge run and he makes side carry, yeah. And he makes Moshe a sub uh, a sub squad lead. And I don't okay. I I understand that this was going to happen. And to be honest, this is uh, kind of predictable. And okay, for those of you massive Sanderson fans, this is not a knock on it. You're going to have some predictability at some point in some books. Sanderson's book. I have insane twists that leave me absolutely flabbergasted. So me saying that certain like sub plot points in one chapter being predictable is not a knock on Sanderson. All right. Anyways, what do you think about this? Like on a realistic, realistic world, you are a squad leader of, or not even a squad leader. You guys are straight on an island and you become the de facto leader of the group, right? Mm-hmm. You have one guy who's your biggest attractor. Do you make him realistically 
a squad leader of of a you know a group because I, I've seen this a lot. It happens all the time in like you know TV shows. You're asking if that. if somebody with leadership qualities deserves to be leader? No. In my opinion, the only reason he made Mosh a squad lead is because he was his biggest attractor. Like we saw this. Do you remember? Did you ever watch the James Cameron Avatar movie? The Blue People? Yeah. Do you remember he made um, the main character, Jake? He makes, uh, I forget the guy's name. He makes his biggest opponent amongst the Navi one of like the platoon leaders, essentially, during the war. Yeah. Um, this happens all the time where like their biggest opponents ends up becoming like their right hand man. How do you feel about that? Like, in my opinion, if I'm in like a warlike situation, that's not enough time for me to like trust somebody with squad lead position. Well, I don't know. It's one of those things like keep your enemies closer. Ooh. Like, well, he's that's keeping good, his. That's a good point, actually. Wow. He's keeping his enemy close, but yeah, okay. you know, he still has the upper hand on him when it comes to like, hey, man, like, yeah, you're my squad leader, but I'm gonna get your ass executed real fast if you mess up. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. I honestly did not consider that. That was a good. That was a good point. So, but yes, uh, like we said earlier, they carry the bridge sideways. And when Gaz questions Kaladin about it, Gaz sees something in the shadows behind Kaladin as well. Um, and running theory apparently on this show is that those are Voidbringers. And again, I have no better theory oh. to bring up. So we're going to go with Voidbringers. I'm Voidbringing. I, but I, I'm telling you, I just, I really don't think it's Voidbringers. Because it's either that or it's Sprint. Hmm. Hmm. I could see it more likely being Spren than Voidbringers. Only reason being that Voidbringers, I, I, from what I remember, they just described them to be big. Not, not like then it's, then it's Spren. Then, yes, I could sprint definitely sprint. Sprint. Like, are those drawing Spren that just happen to show up? Oh, yeah. I, I love the concept of Spren. I really want to find out more about them. And I know we will. Maybe but it's Creative Spren. Yeah. Is that what they are? Creative Spren? Maybe it's Creative Spren to show up? Rot Spren. Uh, Maybe that's how she obtained surge binding. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, Gaz realizes that this ty- this style of carrying the bridge could get Kaladin killed, which would solve all his problems. So he's like, "You know what? Go ahead and carry on. We're good." Um. Uh, and Kaladin's like, "He seemed to drop that subject a little too quickly there." Uh, <laughs> So, right, like, it was like, oh, I should have gotten more fight from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how you get that, right? Where it's just like, I feel like he should have, you know. Too easy, too yeah, easy. That was a little too easy. But there's not much you can really do with that, right? Like, yeah. Um. Anyways, chapter 31. Drunk Liren tells Kaladin not to come back after medical right. school. Stay there. Um, yeah. And it's because, and he's like, he's upset with his life at the moment because the new Bright Lord has told people to stop donating to Laren and the townspeople obliged. That was dumb. That's ridiculous. Your only doctor. Right? For me, I lost all respect for that entire village. 
Like this guy has been healing, has been tending to your wounded, has been tending to your sick people for as long as he's been there, essentially. And he doesn't even charge. He literally lives off of donations. Right. And you have to donate. So that's like crazy. And now this guy comes in and tells him, you need to stop donating. And they all listen to him. Are you insane? This to me, this bothers. This bothered me so much. I was actually furious. I understand this is a bright lord telling you that you know don't donate, but this guy has cared after your people, your children, your wives, your mothers and fathers for for years, and he's done a great job at it, seemingly. And some jerk off with like lighter colored eyes comes in and just says, "Hey." No more donations. And you guys just listen to him? That's so dumb. Oh, that, that frustrated me so much. Um, but that just goes to show you that the writing is powerful, that it got such a strong emotional response out of me. Um, this so is also men, true. Yeah, seriously. Some men come to rob them. And these men are the very ones that Lyran himself had helped with medicine. So these are people from within the uh, uh, the village. And then he, I think he uses surge binding or he uses stormlight and it scares them away and they run away. You sure it's stormlight? I think it was stormlight. What do you think? The dad or the son? Oh, you think it was Kaladin? I don't know. I didn't say anything. I don't know. It could be Kaladin himself doing it. That's possible. Um, I don't know. I just, if Liren has it, like... Yeah, it would make why sense. Why haven't we Kaladin seen it well. yet? Well, this may have been the point that we did see it, right? True. Uh, but anyways, chapter 32. Kaladin goes on his monthly uh, bridge draft. And he gets a one-arm... Okay, this is so... Her- Herodasian? Lopin. Yeah, Lopin. Uh, well, you know what he, he saying, reminds well. me of? He reminds uh, me of that guy. Um, he... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was saying, he reminds me of uh, Wayne. Wayne? He reminded me of the guy from Elantris. The, or, uh, yes. Sula. Suli, he said, hey, Concho. Yeah. Hey, you want yeah. me? I think you can use me. We Hesedarians are great fighters. Go. You see this one time? I was with, sure, three men, and they were drunk and all, but I still beat them. <laughs> A little bit volunteering for recruitment. I freaking love it, dude. He's like, hey, gotcha. Exactly. When he said it like that, I was like, dude, that reminds me. Yeah, you're right. That's right. You're right. But for some reason, the way he talked to people was like, I put Wayne's voice with that dude's words from Elantris. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I know you really liked uh, Wayne. So. Hey, Suli. But but the funny thing is, is that I really liked um, Moses' character. It was. Hey, Suli. Rayodin? Um, no, not Rayodin. Gal- Galadin. Galadin, yeah. yeah. I liked him. So anyways, he recruits him, and uh, and most of the time, there's not really recruiting going on, right? They're not just like, oh, we'll take you. Because in general, like, bridge crews, or bridge members kind of die, like, within a day or two anyway. So there's really no NFL draft going on. Um, <laughs> get the hat and everything. Yeah, you get the they vest really and the sandals from the last four people. Yeah. Yeah, have you seen that Bill Burr special? Which one? Where he talks about the NFL draft. 
Uh, it's just like you know you get drafted and then like they all say the exact same thing as the last 20 people that are drafted it's like yeah you know it's a really good organization i'm gonna do my best and yeah it was funny that's it's all the same thing yeah um anyways the bridge run begins and it goes very well for bridge four um too well because what ends up happening is that ends up be going very very poorly for the rest for everybody of everybody else <laughs> <laughs> because um oops they started going sideways and they essentially use the bridge as a shield and every single time they're reloading they like you know run at full speed and then whenever they realize that they're getting about to be fired upon then they um you know put it on the side and they start running diagonally something like that and the other bridge crew they try it as well and you just your bodies they're just not trained for it and then they get tired and then one guy drops it, the other guy can't handle the weight, whatnot. So it's just, it's a massacre. It's a because death. of this, Sadius' yeah. army is directly impacted because their cavalry gets surrounded. Some of their uh, squads get way too far ahead. Others fall behind. It, it is just a massacre. And then Gaz and Lamro come to Kaladin, and he agrees to tell them that we will, uh, that he will take the blame as long as he is not killed along with, uh, you know, his Bridge 4 crew being punished for it um more on that later uh more specifically chapter 34 but right. uh chapter 33 jumps back to shalon and shalon again is having a hard time stealing from yasna now she's gotten to know her more and more uh um, like, yeah but why wouldn't you like because in all reality from uh shalon's point of view yasna's not that bad yeah no i agree um, and Yasna has Shalon researching Voidbringers at this point, and she finds a story, but they all seem to be children's stories. Uh, which like fairy tales. Yeah, which kind of lends to your theory that the void bring, that the shadows are the Voidbringers, because that would be... Like a fairy, fairy tale, tale like, right? Imaginary yeah. friend. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, when she gets back to Kospa... Uh, sorry, when she gets back, Cosmo is waiting for her. Yep. Or supposedly waiting for Yasna. But really, he was waiting for her. Um, and it seems like they kind of like each other. Because, remember, they're, they're not very old. Shalon's like late teens. Maybe. What did you call him? Cosmo. Yeah, that's, that's close enough. Um, and so she doesn't believe in astrology. And they kind of have their own little religious debate, essentially. And he goes on and give proof of the Almighty, and he says like through the symmetry, right? And he presents like this is where he gives him jam, right? She gives he gives her jam. Yeah, yeah, because she likes jam. Okay. Um, and he proves this supposedly through symmetry, and he uses like a metal plate and sand, and he sends like sound waves through it, and the sound waves provides like the outline of different national borders, and he says like, do you not see the symmetry, and whatnot. And then Yasna enters and asks if cymatic, if that's, and cymatic is that process, I guess, of the sound with hitting that sand on the metal plate. If cymatic right. can yep. cre- create Urithiru, Urithiru, which is that city from Dalinar's vision, if you remember. It's that, right. um, it's that city where they said, like, you know, you can go there to train and become uh, a Knight's Herald, or what is it? Knight's Radiant. It is like a holy land. Yeah. And at this point, Cosfall says that it was never a real city. 
Now, I understand that, like, you know, cities kind of get destroyed over time or cities move what and if, whatnot, but what if they are hiding it? Like through a gate? No, not even, well, maybe that. I think it's through but a gate. What if, like, you know, because the religious people, the ardents and whatnot, they started that coup, right? What if they're trying to bury this truth? So they buried it. No, no, I mean, not literally buried it, but, like, they're trying to hide the truth, right? Like... If you can just pretend like the city doesn't exist, then no one goes looking for it. That's, yeah, right. like hidden in the jungle type deal. Right. Um, I don't know. I think you have to enter like a force field. Like they like travel there, like teleport maybe. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of like a like a like a force bubble. Like when you look into it, it looks like it's just a regular area. But when you pass through, it's like it's like Wakanda. Wakanda forever. Yeah. So I, I love that movie. <laughs> Yasna doesn't trust Capsule, Capsule, Capsule. Hardly. Capsule yeah. at all. Like at all. She likes him as like a person though, but she doesn't trust him. Yeah, and she asks, uh, uh, Shalon if Capsule has asked Shalon to steal the Soul Caster for her, and at this point, Shalon like freaks out because she, she thinks that she's onto him, but or that Yasna is onto Shalon. But then, like, Shalon, like, forces herself to calm down, think about the question, and then just answer. And that's some life advice to all of you. Sometimes we get asked questions, and I, I think, and I don't even know why I'm bringing this up, but I just think that it's kind of, like, we. I think stories, fantasy, and sci-fi, sci-fi especially, honestly, there's a lot of commentary and society and interactions, social interactions where and I, I want a sword called Nightblood. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's the greatest thing that we can glean from Brandon Sanderson's work is that we can all get access to a talking sword called Nightblood. <laughs> um sorry, I had to interject the dummy into it. <laughs> but the second best thing after Nightblood uh is honestly like if somebody asks you a question, I've noticed a lot of people feel the need that they have to answer quickly to prove that they're smart. You will not look any dumber than when you rush to answer a question and you answer it wrong and you, you're just going to embarrass yourself. Trust me when I say if you take your time to answer a question and you're very thorough in your answer or hell, even better, if you just say you don't know when you really don't know, you just look way smarter. I don't know the age demographic of the people listening to this podcast, but if there are younger people on here, telling you take that advice. Do not rush to answer a question and do not pretend to answer a question for like something that you just don't know. Just say you don't know. It's fine. And and you know that's there's a lot of truth to that. Like when somebody asks you a question and they want then they want the answer right away. And you sit there and think about it for a while. They're like, ah, "You gonna answer me?" It's like, "Yeah, yeah." Just give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, but yeah, it's uh, some people will try and rush you for your answer, mm-hmm. and you don't fall for that trap because sometimes if you're, especially if you're having a debate, right? If you could just be having a debate or a discussion over <laughs> something, um, some people will rush you. To, for you to answer a question so then that way they can kind of trap you because you when you feel rushed to answer a question then you know it may not be fully accurate and whatnot then they can attack that so you know a little bit of life advice for all of you 
Um, <laughs> that's the end of chapter 33. And then back to Kaladin in chapter 34. And this was a short one. Kaladin is, you know, just he's just hanging around upside down. About to be executed by a high storm. Um, and as they say, uh, was it that the uh, the almighty or the storm father will judge you? Judge you, yeah. Yeah, It's kind of one of those situations like uh, in the Salem witch trials, we'll throw you into the river. If you can swim, then you're a witch. If you can't, yeah. well, you're not a witch. But oh, you're dead anyway. that was, they, they, were, they had to be smoking some good mushrooms or something. I don't know. That was dumb because like witches could probably swim. <laughs> I think they could do a lot more than swim, but yeah. Yeah, dude, like magic and stuff. If that was like legit, honestly, if you gave it the time of day to think about it, if it was legitimately like, yeah, they're going to swim. What the? What? Yeah. So anyways, Kaladin's just hanging around and Sadius had Lamoral executed and he executed him himself. Mm-hmm. So imagine that, right? Like imagine like, I don't even know who the general the highest ranking general in the military is imagine no this like not even that like imagine the president like a captain coming down and just executing a captain himself like that that's crazy that just shows you how big of a deal that battle was um yeah and that's even worse like you're like oh you know what i'm gonna pass it off to my um i'm gonna pass it off to my subordinate he'll get his head cut off and then you're like oh i'm the subordinate crap yeah. So Rock, Taft, and Mosh come to give their final goodbyes to Kaladin. And I think Kaladin says kind of like a final farewell. And he says, like, you know, don't worry, I'll survive. And it's kind of wishful thinking, at least. He's from like, don't worry, I'll be back. Yeah. We, I mean, we as a reader, we're like, yeah, we know. He's going to be back. We're, we're yeah. not, I'm not holding my breath. But regardless, the high storm arrives. And that is the end of chapter 34. However, I do have, as always, well, I don't know about always, but most of the time, I do have certain quotes that I did want to go over with you guys. Mm -hmm. First one is on chapter 29. This is when uh, Yasna and Shalon are talking to each other. I'll just go ahead and read it. Yasna sniffed, your tutors were idiots. Youthful immaturity is one of the Cosmere's greatest catalysts for change, Shalon. Do you realize that the Sunmaker was only 17 when he began his conquest? Gavara hadn't reached her 20th weeping when she proposed the theory of the Three Realms. Uh, three just, Realms? Three Diamonds? Yeah. I have uh, so many questions there. First of all, who the hell are they? The Sunmaker? The Sunmaker, this is not the first time this guy's come up, by the way. Um, I have a feeling the Sunmaker is one of the Heralds. I I have yeah. nothing to go off of there. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, what is there? Is there three shards on Roshar? Get a group of shards ran on Roshar, and there's three of them. Yeah, what are the three shards? Like one shard is for the spren, like you know the magic attached to the spren, and then one is one shard for the, the plate, one shard for the sword. Like, I don't know if there'd be one for the plate, one for the sword. I think that they'd be both the same, same thing. Yeah. They're both fabulous, I guess. Yeah. So anyways, the next thing, and it's like the next quote is like literally same page. If we do nothing with the knowledge we gain, then we have wasted our study. This is, um, there's, there's no really story implication with this, but I just really, really like the, uh, this quote a lot because it resonates with me personally. Um, 
there is uh, a saying in Arabic, which it's like, it goes something like, uh, knowledge that does not benefit is useless. It's, and, yeah, it's usually, isn't it usually knowledge that doesn't benefit others is useless? Not just benefit others, it just doesn't have no any benefit is useless. So I thought it was plural. It could be. Um, but it's it's a bit of a harsh one, but it is kind of realistic, and I kind of abide by it because in general, uh, the problem is that it doesn't lead much to the uh, fiction or fan- a lot of modern day stubborn ones have taken that very literally to mean right. well, you should not do, and it's not even a religious thing; it's just a, a cultural saying um, that you know, fiction, fantasy, all that stuff's useless because it does nothing but entertain. Which I disagree. I, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from fantasy and sci-fi. It can be a, like I said, a commentary on, on society and whatnot. But the author offers up more of like a, could be a lesson he learned, but on a smaller scale. Right. Right. Um, But yeah, no, I I like that quote a lot because I think um, if you have knowledge and you can't, like, I'm not saying that it's not good to have knowledge, but you just have knowledge about like, Oh, frogs eggs colors turn blue every third sunday it's like i didn't know that i i just thought i'm not there (laughs) like i'm sure that there may be something (laughs) that you can glean from that in the future but at that moment that's it's just useless knowledge and i understand that could be like kind of up to interpretation because like maybe that knowledge will benefit somebody someday um so i understand both camps but uh but I, but I think, I think, yeah, but I think the actual core tenant of that quote, what the meaning behind it is like, if you have knowledge and you don't act on it, that's the downfall, right? And, and it just, it makes you look worse. Because if you, if you know that there's a hurricane coming and you do no action on it, you don't warn people, you don't, you know, get sandbags up, you don't prepare, you're dumb. And it's not like it's like it's almost like you're just like you have the knowledge to affect others, but like you choose not to exactly. help them most, right? Or even help yourself, right? Like it's just it's. Uh, I think that's what that quote really means, and I, and I just really enjoy that quote. But anyways, uh, the other one is chapter thirty-one. When men perceive the world as being right, we are content. But if we see a hole, a deficiency, we scramble to fill it. And I love this quote. It's by Lyran. Um which yeah, is he, Kaladin's father. And I love, love, love this quote. It's so, it's so good. It's people, um, like, it's one of those situations, and it's it, it's been used against people of religion quite a few times, where I, the way I interpret it is that when you don't know something, we kind of just make something up because we can't stand the idea of that we just don't know it. Right. Um. But I really like that quote a lot because I think that's really true. And it's not even, it's not just society as a whole, but as individuals, people do this all the time. Um, and it goes back to what this lesson I was talking about earlier, the advice I gave earlier about just stay, just say you don't know. I know so many people that are like, if they don't know something, they'll just say, oh, well, it's probably this, this or that. And it's not even like educated hypothesis or something like that that they're throwing out there. It's legit. Like they don't want, they can't stand the idea that they don't know something. So they just essentially make it up on a spot. Yeah, it happens. I mean, that's the whole God fallacy term, isn't it? <laughs> like most yeah. of the time, they just mission everything back to a God fallacy. It's like, 
Well, I mean, what else? <laughs> it's just one of those things where you're you're fighting an uphill battle trying to figure out something that you can't understand. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I think people in general should be a little bit more content with not knowing stuff, and that's honestly it's a kind of exciting, right? We don't know. Like me and you, currently reading the books, we don't know all the answers of Star Wars. I do. Archives. Stop it. I do. I know all of them. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, that's part of the excitement of life. Is you just go out there and discover, and sometimes you could be wrong, but then you just keep digging. I, that's. I think that's the beauty of it. And it's not the just, time I'm that not you're even right, about though. The world. Yeah. I'm talking, I'm talking about history too. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be talking about culture. Uh, uh, literature, like like you know, like reading books, right? Like, if when you start watching Game of Thrones, there's a lot of questions that you got. The excitement right. is piecing it together. Yeah, and you know it's funny. It's like, well, yeah, and then you piece it together, and then it, and like you're, oh man, that's awesome. But then you have more questions. Yep, yep, and and that's just more excitement. <laughs> the fun never stops. Uh, anyways. Next it gets stressful. <laughs> yeah. The next one, and I, I did want to discuss this at least. Uh, something to think about. It's in chapter 33 with Shalon again, and it seems that this soul caster was attuned to three essences in particular. Vapor, spark, and I don't know how to pronounce this. Lucentia? Lucentia? Mm-hmm. Yes. I got nothing on that. I... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I got. I don't know what the essences are. So it must be like a type of something that's in the stone. <laughs> the stone must hold something like ethereal like properties. Yeah, it must be like an ethereal property. Yeah, stored within and the stone. They do go on to say that there's ten essences, um, and I guess a combination of the different essences like gives different soul casters different powers. Essentially, I guess that's my prediction. You turn those dudes to dust. So like. Yeah, yeah. It, remember, she used it to like turn that boulder to dust to save Tarvangian's, uh granddaughter, I think. Yeah. Um, but anyways, on to the next one. Uh, same chapter. This was a funny one. Uh, Shalon said, ah, the outdoor, Shalon said. I've visited that mythical place once, and I just commented on there. I said, oh, she's a gamer like us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, awesome. I like that one a lot. That was, that was good. Um, she's a gamer. And, GG's. Yeah. Finally, last one. This is in chapter 34, the final chapter that we covered today. He says he's letting the Stormfather judge you, Moshe added. Jezer as a king of the heralds. Now, I was... I heard they... There was a couple names of the heralds that we had to, uh, actually gotten in the prelude. Right? Like, what was it, 10,000 years ago? Mm-hmm. At the very beginning of the book. And I actually had to go back and reference that when I read this quote because I was like, that name sounds so familiar. And it's because the original name was Jezrian. Jezrian, yeah. Over time, you know, I mean, it's 10,000 years or however many long years it was. It was a long time. And with that, languages change, with that, spelling changes and whatnot. Yeah. So it's not outlandish to assume that, like, 
I think they had spelled Kalak a different way as well. Yeah, but like, why is it so close to Kalia? Kalak? I don't know, but like, the K is different, obviously, but like, it's pretty close to Kaladin. The K. I guess it's I don't the cow. That's related. I just think that, I mean, that's like. Related. I'm related. Related. You're in? All right. Um, but yeah, no, it's. I just thought that was interesting. So I think for sure Jezrean is Jezreze, especially when he said that. What was it that he's the the king of the heralds? Yep. So yeah, and we know that Jezrean was a like the leader of the the ten heralds. Yeah, that's why I stayed behind, or maybe, yeah. no, somebody else stayed behind. Right. So finally, on to the last thing that we're going to cover was the theory that I said that me and Jordan had talked about off camera over this last week, and my current theory is that Gaz is a traitor. Or sorry, not Gaz. Sadius is a traitor. Sadius, I think, was part of the plot to kill Gavlar. And the reason I started thinking that is because in Chapter 30, remember how I said that Lamoral doesn't want suspicion from the other high princes. Now, I think Lamoral may have been in on it, and Sadius, like... Knew, so beheaded him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I th- so kind of wanted to, you know, cl- uh, was looking for a reason to get rid of uh, Lamoral, and this was it. Um, so like that's why that's why he didn't come back when Zeth. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's and that was my biggest thing was that remember, um, Sadius, Sadius could have helped. A decoy. Yes, Sadius was a decoy, and when he saw Zeth, he started running away, and Zeth kind of followed him for a couple seconds, but then Zeth realized, wait, no, that's a decoy. If you are the decoy, and you're drawing away the assassin, great, but when you realize the assassin is no longer chasing you. The natural conclusion that I think most people will come to is that he has realized that you're the decoy and is going after the actual king. So why would he not turn around and save Gavilar? I think he was in on it the entire time. I don't know. I just don't remember ever hearing anything about him turning around or like being knocked out or something. Exactly. I just remember him like exactly. being like off screen done. Yeah. He ran, from that perspective, before we even knew who Sadius was, we know that the decoy ran away. And we know from Dalinar's accounts that Dalinar blames uh, Sadius and Sadius blames Dalinar. We know that. But, yeah, there's... That means Dalinar's probably in the right. <laughs> yeah. That's my I whole mean, feeling. Yeah, honestly. I believe it. So, yeah. Uh, that's my current prediction i think sadius and him becoming what is a minister of uh, investigation or, or intelligent or something yeah yeah, yeah. so i think it's terrible yeah that, that, it's just but everything's going to plan for him yeah well until kaladin kind of got so much of his army killed um this is true. but anyways that'll about cover it from us for that episode we, um next time we'll be covering way of kings chapters 35 through 41 I'm hoping to kind of pick up the pace at least a little bit before we hit another inevitable skip for one reason or another. Um, probably me going on vacation or Jordan going on vacation or something like that. I'm done for the year. You're done for the year? Nice. Yeah. I wish I could say the same. Well, no, I don't because I actually am excited to go on vacation. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly don't think that that one would uh, cause a skip. But, yeah, like I said, next time we'll be covering Way of Kings, chapter 35 through 41. Until next time, thank you, everyone.